Welcome to You Dive Deep, where we dive into a single question each week and navigate through this tough thing we call life. Come on, let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of You Dive Deep, everyone. Before we get started with the episode today, I wanted to remind everyone that if you kind of want to see a little bit of background or have some input on some future episodes, definitely follow me on social media. I have an Instagram and Twitter, and the handle is just at You Dive Deep. No numbers, no spaces. It's pretty simple. I was really happy that that was available. And also, I want to let everyone know I have some merch coming along the way and just kind of other little projects. So I'm excited for this ride. I'm excited for you to join me. And so, yeah, I kind of wanted to get this episode started. And I have a phenomenal guest today. It's Carly, one of my, actually not one of, she probably is my best friend. Carly, how are you doing? Hey, Tommy, I'm good. How are you? Not too bad. I was looking forward to this all day and I wanted to ensure that I was prepared on time. And, you know, here we are. And so I'm really excited for the conversation we kind of have ready. But before we all get started, I want to give the listeners a little bit of context on who you are. So that's when I asked that famous question, Carly, who are you? Oh, Tommy, I think of the two questions you gave me, um, I won't spoil what our topic is, but my uh, who are you question is what I was dreading the most because <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm like the standard things, a sister, a friend, a woman, an employee, all of those general identity things that I could sit here and define myself as. But when I think about who I am at the core, I realize that I've always kind of struggled with who I am as a person and not in a bad way, in a way that I think most people do. Um, but I, I have a very unique personality type comparative to most people that I know. Um, I'm not sure if the listeners out there are big fans of those personality assessments, but when I do those and I, I like to do those, I always get the, but some would say the least desirable uh, personality <laughs> type. Um, like I'm ENTJ. I'm the commander. I'm a type eight in the anagram test. I'm a hard D in the disc personality. I'm a personality that's very direct, loves control. I like to find flaws in situations and point them out and fix them. I love confrontation. Um, but in all of those things that present themselves as hard and challenging and, you know, aren't typically favors of most people, I, I am really caring and I do love very deeply. It just takes a long time to get to that part of me. And growing up and pretty much until recently, I was always so ashamed of kind of how I was of the fact that I was this like, I'm smart, I'm right, I know what to do. And I'm quick at making decisions that I know how to fix problems and follow my lead or get off the train. Because that's not desirable. But I've learned how to take that hardness in myself and provide softness to it. And um, I think I'm really cool. I have a really beautiful blend (laughs) of personality traits that you know, in my personalities, I think I identify with less than 3% of the population. And of that, uh, 
less than 1% of those people are women. So I definitely don't fit into buckets. And that's what I really, really love about myself. And that's what I really bring to friendships and relationships and work is I'm so authentically me, whether you like it or not. And uh, sometimes it gets me in trouble, but other times it really does create a really beautiful, deep connection with the people that are meant to be in my life. So. You did such a wonderful job being able to summarize yourself because I, every time I ask this question, it's really unfair. Like, how often do you have to summarize who you are as a being to someone else, let alone a friend that knows you? And it's a very unnatural kind of position to be in, but you are able to summarize it so well. And Carly, you know, everything I say towards you is always filled with love and, uh, you know, not coming at a bad place. But one <laughs> word that I would use to describe you, which I'm sure you would agree with, and everyone else that has had the pleasure to cross paths is you're a very intense person. And I mean that in all kind of angles. <laughs> intense as in if Carly, you know, likes you, she will love you so intensely and care about you so intensely. You're like, oh, this is nuts. And kind of a funny story, actually, we all got together recently. Carly, congratulations. You're a new homeowner. I feel like I'm just kind of revealing yourself to the listeners. But we all had mm -hmm. kind of almost like a housewarming party, if you will. And it's just really cool to celebrate that milestone with you. But for the listeners that are currently listening, Gabe was also on this podcast. I remember he described you saying, Carly, you're so like aggressive. And he didn't mean that in like a negative way. And it's almost the way I'm describing you as intense. It's just this quality about you that's really uh, unique to you. It's like you said, it's authentically Carly. And everyone that's met you would be able to, or probably nodding their head right now saying, yeah, that's 100% that's Carly. And it's really refreshing. <laughs> Not only do you love yourself, because I feel like that is an attribute, if you would, that a lot of people don't have, but just being aware enough of who you are. It's I feel like that's one of the biggest traits that attracted me towards you and be like, wow, this person's really neat. And maybe you will be the key in helping me find who I am. And I can wholeheartedly say that is exactly what happened. But with all that being said, I also want to give the listeners a little bit of context on our friendship. This is something I always love to do on these shows. And I'm very happy to say I feel like almost every single podcast up to this point, besides the one with Teamer, is a lot of the people I have are my good friends, but they're all relatively new friendships. And now I can finally flip the script and say, no, not this time. This time, I'm really happy to say Carly is one of my true, really good best friends that I've had the privilege to have in my life. And we actually met all the way back, I believe, in uh, grad school. I think that was 2015 is when we met. And you're thinking, oh, wow. So only about like five, six years. That's not that long. I feel like when Carly and I kind of met and our paths crossed, we were at very, I guess, intense moments in our lives. I feel like that's almost like the theme of this podcast right now. We were both, and I don't want to sound overly dramatic, uh, I wouldn't say rock bottom, but we were both in very vulnerable times in our lives where we almost kind of leaned against each other. So although I guess in a time scale, we haven't been friends for like decades and decades, but you're one of my friends that have seen me at my most vulnerable because I'm not sure if you know, I don't open up very easily. And I know that's one thing that my wife struggled to see in me. It's not that I don't like to open up to her. I don't trust her. It's just it's not it's just not in my nature to do that. And like I said, when we both kind of met, both became friends at these kind of unique moments in our lives, we were almost forced to kind of open up to each other, which is a really beautiful story. So with all that being said, would you say that's a fair assessment? I kind of want to get uh, your point of view on how uh, maybe your first impressions of me and, um, you know, any other stories that you have along the way for the listeners. Yeah, thanks. First, thanks for the um, compliments of me. I'm sure a lot of 
people here being called intense and aggressive, they're like, that's not a compliment. But for <laughs> me, I, I do take that very sincerely. And I take it to heart because I really appreciate those elements of myself that it's not appreciated by the common good. And that's okay. And, and I'm okay with most people. I'm not their cup of tea. And that's perfectly fine because I fit in where I fit in. And, and that's what I'm supposed to be like. And as you you kind of mentioned, my my personality and how I am is when I meet a person, I pretty much know immediately how that person is going to fit into my world and whether they're going to fit into my world or not. Um, and when <laughs> I met you um, for the first time, I, I think we had a couple one-off encounters with each other, but our first major like worlds colliding, I was like, this Tommy person really annoys me. And um, <laughs> I, he's very silly. He likes to have a lot of fun and I'm very serious and I like to be reserved. Um, I don't think our agendas are going to match up. But as you mentioned, we've very quickly learned just based off of our circumstances and place and time and a lot of other factors that we both were going through individual situations that were really challenging. Um, and we also were facing some collective challenges based off of our positions in grad school that kind of whether whether we liked it or not propelled us into this friendship that could have been seen as forced, but we really capitalized on where we were, found vulnerability in each other. And we're both two individuals that do not like to be vulnerable, but we were almost forced to be vulnerable with each other. Um, and as a result, it's not like, well, we saw each other at that low point. It's only up from here. Uh, and we're going to move forward together. And there's not really anything that can break us at this point which is really, really cool. And um, especially you and I have really supportive partners, husband and wife that uh, I don't know how Emily and Vito do it. They are saints. Uh, but we have <laughs> those two people in our lives that really have pushed us and challenged us to be better versions of ourselves while we get to grow together in friendships. And it, our friendship is one of my favorite friendships that I have, Tommy, because it can't be described in words. It's just, you have to experience it. Yeah. And a lot to what you said before, if a lot of people know you personally, like they know Carly and they know Tommy, and I'm not saying we're complete opposites, but we definitely kind of hit our stride in the kind of complete odds of the spectrum, the complete opposite sides. I mean, and it's really cool that when mm -hmm. you then put us together, it's like you said, it's really weird. Anytime I kind of describe my friendship, <laughs> like our relationship together to other people, I, I, I should really begin to struggle and I'm almost speechless, which is kind of a miracle within itself. Cause as you know, I really enjoy talking, but whenever it comes to that topic, I'm like, you just kind of have to like be there. Like you have to experience it yourself, whether it's our inside jokes with that Macy Gray song, I try, or just all of us with our <laughs> self-deprecating humor. Cause we have very similar sense of humor in a weird way. It's just it's really, really cool. And I feel like this is a perfect segue into the kind of the topic of 
I really like to discuss our friendship because in this day and age, not even this day and age, society tells us that a male and a female can't be really, really close friends without kind of any kind of romantic feelings or sexual urges or anything like that, which is really cool because our friendship, like I view you as a sister and I'm sure you view me as a brother. It's just like this very platonic love and respect that we have for each other. And like I said, as we're all adults, I know a lot of people listening I never got the memo on how hard it was to you know, like maintain friendships and keep up. It's a lot more work than you think. When you're kind of going through school, you're forced to be with these people for like 12 years. You ride the bus, you're all in the same classes, and you kind of spend a, a majority of your life together. So you just assume, oh, yeah, of course, we're always going to be friends. And then it isn't until that schedule changes. Then you really realize, wow, I have to put a lot of effort into this. So Mm-hmm. With all that context kind of on the table, Carly, I kind of definitely want to ask you, what is friendship? Yeah. So um, what is friendship? I think there's no clear cut answer. And I certainly am not smart enough to um, define friendship. So I went to our favorite place, Theory, um, where we bonded <laughs> uh, so many times before. And so one of when I was reading about friendship, uh, Aristotle's views on friendship really stuck out to me. And I think it can really lead into some cool conversations with you. But Aristotle defined three different types of friendship and three different types of friends. Friends based on utility. So like coworkers, um, classmates, people that you see at the gym, like whatever, the people who are conveniently there for you. Uh, then types mm-hmm. of friends for pleasure. So these are the people that you go out and drink with but you don't ever really talk about yourself Um, or the people that you play sports with, but you play the sports, you say, how's it going? And then go home. And then there's friendships of goodness. And those are your closest friends and that the relationship does not require a shared interest or a theme to thrive, um, but rather it's based off of virtual virtue And the desire to mutually benefit each other and drive each other towards growth. And so when I was reading about these three different types of friendships, I was so easily able to think, hmm, this makes sense. And I can identify people in all three of my buckets in my life at different times in my life because I have people who have come and gone and they were really great friends in the moment, but then our lives changed. And why is that? And it's because I I think the majority of friendships are either based off of utility or pleasure, but those friendships of goodness are so rare. And those are the ones you really have to foster and nurture and put in time and energy and love. And that's hard to do, as you mentioned. Absolutely. And when we all become adults, we kind of hit that crossroads. Everyone gets that feeling saying, wow, I feel like I'm putting more effort than the other person. Or you even start to feel annoying saying, wow, I always text them first or vice versa. You are always put in this situation where you're kind of in your own head. And I feel like that's where the danger starts to creep in when you start to doubt yourself, because for all those listening, it does get really hard to upkeep. And I really like the three different buckets that you mentioned. It's just that last bucket is the one that you have to acknowledge. And for me, when you kind of put it in that context, I feel like it's a very fluid kind of categories. Like you don't have to earn your position to be in that lifelong bucket as long as you give or at least for me personally, personally. 
as long as you give me some type of reason to continue fostering it. And I know that sounds really negative, but I mean, if you put in the effort, I feel obligated to put in the effort and then soon it doesn't even feel like effort. Like whenever I reach out to you, it's not, oh, I haven't checked in in, uh, Carly for a little while. So let me see what she's up to. Let me see what's going on. More often than not, we won't talk for almost like a month and then there'll be like a two week span where we're literally texting each other 50 times a day. It's really, really cool that we could always pick up wherever we left off without ever acting anything has happened. And it's really cool because we're currently in different phases of our lives, obviously, but we also live in this parallel when we literally saw each other every single day. So it's really, really neat. But one cool question I want to think of, and it's almost in the same context of, you know, the three different categories that you identified through Aristotle is at what point does someone become just some colleague? Maybe you're in one of these buckets into kind of reaching that new territory of quote unquote, a real friendship. Is there a specific moment you think that kind of triggers that or almost a definition that you kind of have to fall under? Yeah, for me personally, I think it, there is a, uh, a triggering event, not necessarily triggering as in a bad thing, but there is some kind of deeper level or higher order event that catalyzes your relationship into the next step. And it's different per relationship. I don't think, though, that having friendships based on utility or pleasure are bad. I really believe that there are people who come into our lives and are only present for a specific amount of time for a reason. Um, but those friendships of goodness that really last, and, and I can only think of maybe three people outside of my husband and brothers that I would really put into that category. Um, it's usually because we've been through something very significant together and have created this bond that's unspeakable and undefinable on paper. It's not, we really like going to the same bar and we really like the same drink and we really like the same TV shows. It's something else has connected us and we might be living two totally separate lives, but we have that invisible thread that is joining us forever and we can't cut it. It's kind of like with at least our friendship to kind of put into context when we both needed each other in each other's lives at that very specific moment. It's almost like you mentioned, we both saw each other at our lowest. So now knowing that there's literally another human being that knew me when I was miserable, where I didn't kind of present myself in the best fashion, they're like, oh, wow, she's still my friend. Like, I have nothing to lose going forward. It's really nice to almost have that safety net of being able to disclose yourself. And of course, my wife is in that category as well now, but it's really neat to almost find this other type of friendship. And it's really, really special to kind of continue to foster. And it's really nice because like you said, it's almost like now there are multiple layers. There's not one off instance that's now going to say, oh, you know what? I don't like this person anymore. I'm going to kind of end it here kind of thing. But that actually brings me to another great point. I'm sure I don't know if you've experienced this uh, personally, but I know it's something that I've experienced as well. And I'm sure a lot of listeners as well. There's a lot of times where you feel like you have that one friend or multiple friends by that matter. But eventually something happens where it begins to and I don't want to make it negative, but there's a little bit of toxicity, like there's a little bit of mm. hostileness coming in. But in your head, you think of like the sunken cost fallacy saying, wait, I was friends with them for like eight years, you know, and I'm not just going to let this go because that feels like time wasted. But at the end of the day, maybe your both of your life trajectories aren't meant to continue. Maybe it's better off that you separate, but 
there are times where you continue to try to hold it, being like, I have so many good memories with this person, I can't let it go. But of course, there are moments where the best decision is to go. Why do you think it's so hard to be able to either come to that conclusion or have you ever had this type of experience before either? Um, I don't know how to answer that question because I know that I'm very different than the average person. I will very quickly cut people out of my life. Um, I don't really think twice about it, but that's because I, I make my decisions based on logic and strategy. And if you hurt me, I, I'm going to be, I, I might be hurt for a little bit, but there you go. We're done. Call it a day. Thank you for your time. Um, but I know for somebody who is a little bit more emotionally available, like my husband, um, for him, he really struggles with when friends or people who are close to him change or are different than his perception of it, of, of what he understood their friendship to be. If they do something and he's like, well, I don't know how to handle this because now I feel like this person is changing. And we often talk about that because he will talk about it with me. And my reaction is always just let them go. They serve their purpose. That means your time is, is done with them. Thank you. Thank them for their time, but move on from it. But he really wants to try to fix things and nurture relationships. And he sees the good in things. So the good must still be present. And I take that from him. And so now when things get hard with friends, I am a little bit more willing to hear it out and try to work through situations. But I really think it's a comfort thing. And that's why people try to hold on to friendships for so long, because it is comfortable. And making friends is hard. Making friends as adults is really, really hard. Making friends in a pandemic is impossible. So why would you give up resources of, of friendship and that human connection when there's no certainty that you're going to meet another friend? And friends are virtues, but um, for somebody like me, I will, I would rather stick to my few um, and call it a day. But I know that's not the healthiest approach to relationships. So I am certainly aware of that. I'm glad you actually brought that up because I actually had a personal question that I don't know is growing up, I'm sure uh, either you've always been the authentic Carly or you've had like this was developing and you slowly changed and morphed into now what we know as Carly. But growing up, did you have a lot of friends or did you just have that select few that kind of made it onto your list where you said, hey, these are the humans I kind of want to hang out with? No, I did not have a lot of friends. I never did have a lot of friends. And um, it was weird because in middle school and high school, you're really supposed to have a lot of people around you. And you're supposed to be texting a lot of people. And you're supposed to be hanging out with a lot of people. And that just never was me. And it could go, I think I was just born this way. But it also can play into some of the stuff I went through in my life. like. When I was 14, I lost my best friend and we were both in a car accident and she passed away. So at a very young age, I realized how valuable friends were and how valuable people were in my life and how, how quickly things can come and go. So I never really wanted to just be surface level with people. And I always wanted to make sure that my connections and relationships were really purposefully intended in my life, even at such a young age, I think that specific accident in my life kind of heightened who I was. And people didn't like me in uh, 
when I was younger, when I was growing up and um, they did. I I don't want to say I have a bad personality, but I I don't think people always knew how to handle me and handle my opinions and handled my boldness and my brassness. And as I've grown up, I've certainly learned how to filter myself and I've learned how to be more peaceful and be authentically myself, but in a appropriate situation. But at 14 and 15, there was no filter and I didn't have control over my hormones and my ability to understand the other. So it was, it was a really fun time. If you knew me when I was like 14, 15, 16, uh, I would really like to go back and revisit some of those people and um, probably apologize a little bit, but also uh, get their take. I know my family has (laughs) tons of stories about Carly has always been Carly and she will never change. And that's definitely one of the biggest traits that continues our friendship. And that's why it's always the same, just knowing that you're always so authentic. But a lot of it is also because of this forced maturity, because of that huge event that happened in your life. And just like myself, I, for those of you who don't know me, I'm a very social outgoing person to the point where I'm a bit much. And that's something I definitely acknowledge. So it's kind of funny that we draw these parallels where you're just so authentically yourself, it could rub people the wrong way because you're so, and I don't mean brash, but you're just you and you Mm -hmm. own it. You're, You're so true to yourself and you know who you are, which is fantastic moving forward in life. A lot of people don't find that. Whereas kind of on the other side of the table, you have me. I'm not saying I'm not myself, but I know it's really hard to describe. It's almost like when you meet me, you feel like I'm just doing an act or I'm just like, hey, is this guy always like that? And I think, you know, by now, yeah, that is kind of how I am all the time. There are definitely times where I calm down. I've definitely matured since. But, you know, when I'm with a bunch of friends, when I want people, it's almost like I flip a switch and I'm like in overdrive and I kind of acknowledge that saying, yo, you got to calm down. You don't have to be like an entertainer or anything like that. Like, why do you do that? But at the same time, I feel like that's a quality I do like about myself. I'm kind of like that energizer bunny, optimistic kind of thing in case anyone ever needs that kind of jolt of energy, which is always so funny. And that's one thing about Carly that I wanted to bring up is she has this innate ability to make people love her, even though she doesn't want that. It's hilarious. She'll like push people away in a joking fashion and, you know, be Carly. And then you would think someone in that situation would be like, okay, I guess I won't hang out with them. But she has this knack of being like, oh, Carly, yeah, let's hang out. What's going on? You're like, what are you doing? Leave me alone. Like, Go away. And that's exactly how our friendship started. So I always think it's really, really funny how all that played out because it's kind of a layer of your personality, my personality. And that's where the two worlds collide when you're like, Mm -hmm. this shouldn't work, but But it's working. And that's what makes friendships so like unique and different. And another kind of area that I really want to highlight is kind of what I mentioned before of how much work it really takes to put friendship together. And the reason I want to talk about this is because all too often, a lot of people just think friendships just happen. And a lot of people might think, I don't have a lot of friends. Maybe I'm not interesting. Or maybe, uh, you know, I have a difficulty upkeeping these type of relationships. So maybe it's not for me. And I would definitely not say that's wrong, but I would fight against that thought only because even recently when I reflect back on, you know, my phone book, or not my phone book, you know, on your (laughs) phone, when you get to see your phone book and all your contacts and things like that. I look through and I might have a handful, but then I'll look at my text log. I'm like, wow, I text like, you know, only like four or five people. And then I really start to reflect, not in like a sad way, but I'm like, wow, how many friends do I actually have? And that's when I really begin to realize how much effort it really takes. And I feel like a lot of this is due to because 
I have a tendency and not just myself, I feel like everyone in general has a tendency of almost going on autopilot, especially since the pandemic, because for people who are working remotely, it's really easy to just kind of go with the flow of life. And whenever work is over, you know, you make dinner, uh, you spend time with your spouse, watch that TV episode, whatever, and then it's already time for bed. And somehow in between all of this, when you're tired from a full workday, cooking, chores, things like that, I won't remember to text a friend saying, oh, how's it going? Or, hey, I know you just bought a new house, Carly. How's that been going? How's the move and things like that, which a quote unquote good friend would do. But sometimes I just won't do it, not because I don't want to be a good friend, but it just doesn't even cross my mind because my life is just so, you know, on autopilot. So I kind of wanted to kind of ask you, Carly, how much effort does it actually take for friendship? Or maybe am I just overdoing it and being overly dramatic and things like that? <laughs> no, I don't think you're overly dramatic. But I, what I've found and what I've come to understand is those friendships based on goodness. So those virtuous friendships where you are growing in each other and seeing the sides of each other that you can't see within yourself through that friendship, you no longer need that surface level of pleasure in quotes conversations. So we've, you and I specifically have gotten past a point of, Hey, how's your house? How's mango, your cat? Like we obviously have those conversations because we care, but we can just go right into, hey, this thing's going on in my life. Can you help me navigate it? Or, hey, I just watched <laughs> this really weird show on Netflix. You need to check it out. Like it, it's just moved a past the level of the surface level. And for me, true friendship is that. It's that we aren't caught up in the surface level day to day. What did you eat for breakfast type of things? It's the quality of the conversation and it's quality. Not that we always need to be having these philosophical questions on what is friendship, but quality of like, I saw this thing that reminded me of you. And here's why I think you should check it out. And it's pointed and it's meaningful. And I feel that in my really true deep friendships, um, including my relationship with Vito, like my husband, we don't text each other all throughout the day. Like, what did you have for lunch today? I mean, we we might do that. But with this romantic, like the highest level relationship that I possibly have in my life, husband and wife, we aren't as concerned about the surface level things of the day. It's more like, are we caring about each other? Do we nurture each other's feelings? Are we advancing ourselves? And of course, we're watching silly TV shows or talking about the next vacation we want to go to. Um, but at the core, what's really holding us together is the depth of our connection. And um, so that applies in my romantic relationship with him, but that applies in my friendships. And I, I think when we talk about friendship, it's hard to not talk about that romantic relationship as well, because I think there are principles of both the romantic relationship in your life uh, or multiple, depending on how you live your life. Um, and the friendships, there are commonalities between those relationships. And even like a familial relationship, they all have these common threads. And when you look at the people in your life who are closest to you, you have common things connecting and keeping those relationships strengthened. But obviously, what I do with Vito and the conversations I have with him are different than what I have with say you or Beth. But at the core of it, those people that I identify as my top 
are the people who are adding value to my life that I'm also adding value to theirs. And we're not caught up in just what game is on this Sunday. And do you want to come over and drink beer? Which is not bad. Those friendships are not bad. They serve a particular purpose. But the, the deep of goodness friendships are different. You brought up a lot of great points. And one funny context I kind of wanted to put that Carly mentioned is she's absolutely right. We're almost beyond just the formalities of quote unquote what a friendship should be. There are countless times that I can recall where I would text Carly 911 code red and she's freaking out. I'd be like, oh my gosh, what? Like she'll respond in a millisecond. I'd be like, oh, I just started a new podcast. Could you review it for me? That would help me a lot. And she's like, are you serious? And there are many times where she'll just call me. And, you know, in this day and age, people don't call and I'll pick up the phone. She's like, Hey, so, and she'll just ask me something completely mundane, like, hey, that one Nicolas Cage movie, what's it called? And I'll be like, oh, National <laughs> Treasure? Yeah, okay, bye. And she'll just hang up. I'm like, okay. And Emily will be like, what was that? I'm like, oh, just Carly. And it's gotten to the point where my wife, Emily's like, oh, yeah, okay. It, it, it's almost like I get a free buy. Like, the most ridiculous thing can happen. Like, there'll be seven alpacas in front of my house delivered on a hot air balloon. And she'll be like, what is happening? Like, oh, it's from Carly. She'll be like, oh, oh, yeah, okay, that's fine. It's almost like my get out of field, uh, get out of jail free card in whatever kind of context happens. But another great point that you also mentioned is this type of relationship that goes into uh, a romantic relationship and your close friends. And I know one of your really close friends is Beth. And obviously, I'd like to think that I'm up there as well with a close friendship. And it's kind of almost going back to what I mentioned before. In this day and age, I feel like there was a lot of progress where a male and a female can be seen as just really good friends, nothing else. And of course, society can bend that in any way. But I felt like there was a lot of progress, especially due to, you know, the media, the TV shows where it's more common ground to this happen. But I feel like we're also taking a step back with some of these dating apps and social media where it's almost objectifying the other sex, whereas everyone knows Tinder and a lot of it is physical attraction, just swiping left or right. So I feel like we're also moving back in that way. I feel like I obviously know our answer because of our relationship, but why do you think there is such a struggle in kind of viewing, hey, if Tommy and Carly are just friends. They're just really close friends. There's nothing weird about it, but that's just what it is. Obviously, I understand why that's seen, but I kind of want to get your kind of point of view on society's view on just two really close friends of the opposite gender. Yeah, I'm glad you brought this back up because it is interesting. And I should clarify when you were like, there's nothing weird about our relationship. Our relationship is totally weird. Everything about yeah, it's it is actually, weird. It's bizarre. <laughs> um, but um, the fact that I'm a girl and the fact that you're a boy and we have this relationship is very unique. And I remember, and we actually were just reflecting on this, me, you, Emily, and Vito, um, when you and I first started becoming really close, I remember saying to you, man, I'm nervous to meet your girlfriend because Emily was your girlfriend at the time. I was like, because she's not going to want me to be your friend. She's not going to be open to the fact that you and I are becoming so close. And you're like, mm, I, I don't think Emily's like that. I'm like, I, I don't know. I, I've struggled in the past where <laughs> I was <I'm>, so naive. <laughs> I was so naive, but I have had guy friends in the past where um, they have a girlfriend and I'm introduced and or that girlfriend's introduced and I am pushed to the side. And also with my relationships where I've been in relationships with men and they have a really close female friend and because of my introduction, they get pushed to the side. It's a very natural thing. Um, but you and I, that never happened. And I met Emily and she was like, yeah, you seem to really work for Tommy and you're bringing him something 
that makes him happy and you're making him better. So why would I challenge that? And I remember when you guys got married, even though technically you and I are the best friends, Emily asked me to be a bridesmaid. And that just was probably one of the most touching moments of my life. And then when Vito came into the picture, I was like, Hey man, I have this guy, Tommy in my life. We're best, best friends. And it's going to be weird. And you may not understand every aspect of it, but he's really important to me. And Vito was like, yeah, why would I question that? If, if you love him in that way and you guys bring each other value, who am I to stand in the way of that? And I think when it comes to being friends, boys and girl, you have to just understand the role that you play in each other's lives. Um, and obviously, sexual, physical attraction can come into that. It never did for us. So maybe we're just blessed in that way, or maybe we're both not attractive people. I don't know, <laughs> whatever it may be. Uh, that just never played a role in our relationship. And we we knew that and we knew that our friendship brought whatever it brought at the times that we were progressing. And then as we introduced our primary relationships, our our partners and now our husbands and wives, we both recognized they are the number one people. And we want to do everything to support your relationships with them and foster relationships with those other people and make it this collective thing. Um, but it's hard because you have to have partners that support that as well. Like, uh, I think it just takes very special people to understand not, it doesn't have to be a gender thing, but to understand the role that your partner's friends play in their life and see the value that they bring and understand if that person brings my partner happiness and is making my partner a better person, then why would I stand in the way of that? I should actually celebrate that more because your romantic partner cannot be your catch-all. That's just not even plausible. One person can't be your only person. It We always talk about it takes a village to raise a child, but it takes a village mm -hmm. to maintain and grow as a human. So friendships play that very important role, whether that's two boys, two girls, or a boy and a girl. But it is, I guess it is weird for normal society, but I bet it's more common than we think. It's just not always publicized. I don't know. One thing I definitely want to mention was there was definitely a little bit of reservation when I was obviously dating Emily with the introduction thinking, you know, of course, at the time I was being naive saying, no, everything's going to be fine. I mean, we're just good friends and, you know, Emily will see that. But I'm trying to put myself in her shoes. What if I was dating Emily and she had this really close guy friend? As much as I would like to fight the urge, I'd be like, oh, you know, back in my head, that's kind of weird. But I think one reason why I felt so strongly besides, quote unquote, being so naive was our dynamic. And I'm sorry, listeners, it's just so hard to describe the dynamic I have with Carly. And I know this is what you get when any two friends get to, oh, it's so, <laughs> we're so close. You wouldn't understand. But I mean that genuinely. Carly and I's dynamic when we're together, how we talk, how we interact with each other is just so specifically weird that I knew when Emily had a chance to see our relationship. It's not that she would ever have seen you as a threat or anything in that context. But I knew as soon as she kind of saw us in a room together, she'd be like, oh, Thank mm -hmm. God for Carly, because I can't <laughs> handle the sight of Tommy. And like what you mentioned, as social creatures, we always have these different outlets for everything. That's why when we have different food cravings, it's not always, oh, I always want to eat this one food. As social creatures, I have different itches and different cravings of different social outlets. And there are definitely things I'm more comfortable discussing with you than with Emily. And I don't want to, don't hear what I'm not saying. I don't keep things from my wife, but 
we have a very distinct sense of humor. And I know Emily's, sen- and I, we actually talked about this before. Emily and Vito, I feel like have very similar sense of humor, things that they enjoy. They're very, quote unquote, very good hearted people. I always joke around Carly saying, <laughs> how did us two as degenerates find these angels and saints that like see good in us? Every time I hang out with Vito, every time I'm with my wife and things like that, I always feel like such a piece of trash. I'm like, you're such a good hearted person, even though I know I'm not a terrible person. But when I'm with you, you're just so pure that I feel like I'm a bad person. And it's that kind of context where I'm like, oh man, like I, uh, it's just that different kind of social outing when I get to speak with you as opposed to Emily and things. And one thing I wanted to mention is I definitely feel like there are other males and females that are really, really close. I kind of puts, you know, any other kind of romantic feelings aside, but I feel like you and I are also very forward thinking with our upbringing, with mm-hmm. everything that kind of shaped us in our life. We're, we can't help but just and I don't want to say liberal. I just want to say we're very different minded to the point when I think of you, I don't even think of a gender. I don't think of, oh, my best friend that is a girl is Carly. And my best friend that is a guy is, you know, X, Y, or Z. That's not how I think. If someone were to say, who's your best friend? I'll be like, oh, it's probably Carly. And they'll be like, wait, a girl? How does that work? Like, oh, no. Like, no, yeah, it's Carly. She's just, you know, she's a good friend, like a good human being, like a good person I have a relationship with. And I feel like, and I don't want to speak for you. I'm assuming you kind of view it in the same way as well, where we look past everything else. And all too often when I'm watching, you know, the new Netflix show or whatever I'm watching, there's always that dynamic where a girl and a guy will be best friends and the guy will develop feelings for a girl, which is absolutely natural. But I'm sitting there and be like, yo, come on. This this script is so played out. Why, why is this? It's, why, it's always the same all the way from Lizzie McGuire to, you know, any other show that's on now. It's They follow the same script. It's girl, guy, best friends, taking on the world, growing up together, and then the guy falls in love with the girl, and then the girl, you know, doesn't know any better. And then Isn't interested. Up. Exactly. But then she becomes interested <laughs> she, when the guy gets right? the girlfriend. Uh-huh. And- And that's why I always sit thinking like, come on. Like, I know that's a very natural thing to occur, but sometimes I want that difference of, is this so hard that I just want to see our friendship on TV? Well, I once again, it would be very yeah. weird, but I mean, it, it'd be cool. And I feel like that's a refreshing change that I'm kind of waiting to see. But I think a lot of the dynamic is the amount of respect we have for each other. Uh, I, I never yeah. objectified you. I've never viewed you as like, oh, wow, you know what? Carly's pretty hot. Let me kind of take this route. And even me saying that word made me feel really uncomfortable. And that's not to say you're not, you know, beautiful and things like that. It's just, that's not the way I view our relationship. Exactly. And I feel like it's really special and how I found you and how you found me and things like that. And so that's why for me, sometimes I always want to advocate saying, no, it doesn't matter. But I also know I've been very blessed with our friendship to kind of view it that way. Yeah. And I think it does. I mean, it does matter. You are a boy and I'm a girl. That's how we identify. And that, I mean, it matters in a sense, but it doesn't really matter. I think what it comes down to with friendships. And when I think of the friendships that I have, um, the people I'm the closest to are, are similar to me. We have a lot of similar personality traits. We view things very similarly. We are both intense or we both like control or we both like whatever it may be my friendships our personalities tend to align but with Vito our personalities are polar opposites of each other like you cannot find two people that are more different (laughs) and the same goes with you and Emily you guys are very different people and so I think that's what has Mm -hmm. that's what elevated my friendship with Vito to another level is because I recognized hey this guy very different than me 
And I really like it because the things that he brings to the table are the areas that I really struggle with. So he can make me stronger and the areas of improvement for him, I can help him out. And we create this perfect balance in each other. And he's really cute. So that really also worked out nicely. (laughs) So we were able to, that one physical attraction was there. But secondly, we were able to see we're so different, but we both share the same values and ethics and morals. And we want to be in the same places in life. So let's take these differences and balance our scales together and grow in life that way where my friendships are, hey, I feel very similarly about a lot of things. We share a lot of traits. And so we can empathize with each other and we can understand each other in ways that other people from the outside can't understand and that our partners can't always understand. Vito doesn't always understand when I just want to make decisions really, really quickly and move on from a situation. But I can have that conversation with you and you can empathize with me on how how to go go about making a decision and help me understand where I may be not seeing things because you understand the way I think because you think that similar way. And I think that's what makes a deep friendship a friendship is because we are very similar. We're able to talk about our similarities and give each other outside perspectives, but we're kind of operating on the same wavelength, whereas romantic is different and siblings are a little bit different. And so in this conversation we're having, that's something that I, I'm realizing is my closest, closest friends, we we all march to the beat of the same drum, which are interesting, unique drums. Um, but that's what holds us together is, is our commonalities. Um, not just in same TV shows we like, but in personality traits and the view way we view the world, things like that. Yeah. And one thing I'm a really, really big advocate for is definitely just giving every opportunity a chance. I know a lot of times when people get to meet people, honestly, if you went on your first impression, we definitely would not be friends right now. (laughs) Let's just leave it at that. But (laughs) that's usually what people say about me. People are like, "Um, your first impression is not great, Carly. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I know. But one of my favorite absolute thing of Carly is her, the way that she interacts on a phone. Sorry, Carly, I have to bring this up. But, you know, <laughs> we'll be talking on the phone forever. And oh, actually, there's two things. When she picks up the phone, she always answers, hello. Like, it doesn't matter. It could be like she could have just won the lottery and I'll, I'll be calling her to, um, you know, congratulate. She'll be like, oh, my God, just one million dollars. Blah, blah, blah. I'll call her. Hello. Uh, oh, hey, Carly. Yeah. And whenever the conversation's over, it's okay, bye, click. And I'm like, oh, oh, I, oh, I had something else to say, but I guess I'm not saying that anymore. <laughs> but it, it's just really funny because that's just kind of how the dynamic works and very similar to what Carly said. And I know it's almost the common theme is we were very opposites, but at the same time, she brought a lot to the table to almost balance me out as well. And just like our spouses, it's almost a different kind of opposite, if that makes sense, where they want to make us be a better person and whatnot. And so there's a lot of different friendships and I really like almost coming full circle over to what Aristotle said. There are a lot of different categories to put people. And just because you're in one category, that doesn't mean a negative context. You need all these categories to have a functioning social life, if you will. And so if you're just my, just for fun friend, I mean, are you really going to be upset that I lean on you because I know you're a lot of fun? I mean, no, but just because we're not best friends and that has a lot of depth, I don't view that negatively at 
at all. I'm just really glad to have you in my life kind of thing. It's just like you said, it's just different types of vibes. And I'm almost more than positive to know that these friends that I look up to just for fun would not like me as one of those deep friends because they'll be like, yo, you're a little bit much. And I understand that. But that's why that dynamic is so beautiful. You can't ever have that resentment of, darn, Carly, I really wish I was one of your really close friends. And now I'm just going to kind of be upset with you because I'm not there. If you go at it at that mindset, it won't work. But I mean, if you give it a chance, like I said, it's a very fluid category, if you will. You could end up as my really close friend. Just show me that's where you want to be, if you will, and kind of put in that effort. But I know we kind of went all over the place right now, but I kind of wanted to kind of come back full circle again, Carly, and ask you that same question. And maybe you could summarize or maybe something new you've learned or maybe additional context you want to put into it. But what really is friendship? Uh, Friendship is a connection between two people that serve multiple purposes, whether that's um, based on convenience, whether that's based on fun, or whether that's based on virtue and depth, but they all serve a specific person, a specific purpose to each person in the growth and development of one's life. So probably how I would summarize it. (laughs) And the way that she worded that is once again, authentically Carly. And I just wanted to give the listeners a little bit more context of this is probably the most unnatural conversation we've ever had. Yeah. (laughs) Only because like, we're just so off the wall. Um, And so that's why when I asked you for this podcast, I was like, I'm actually really interested to see how this dynamic goes, because we have to both act like normal human beings during, you know, an hour setting. I don't know if we're going to make it, but I think we're doing pretty well besides this one moment where I kind of break that fourth wall and acknowledge the fact that this has been so weird. But no, I think you summarize friendship absolutely perfectly. And I would add a single thing only because that's exactly what it is. It's the special relationship that you have with people, but at the same time, always know it's a work in progress. Mm -hmm. But with all of that being said, I always like to change it up a little bit to kind of give everyone a little bit more context on who you are. Now they kind of know you a little bit more in depth and things like that. So let's kind of bring them back to the surface and say, Carly, what are some things that are on your bucket list? You know, some things that you would really look forward to doing. Uh, just pretend the pandemic isn't happening and just really let me know what are some things that you really want to accomplish during your lifetime? I don't know. That was actually a hard question too, because I used to have a bucket list of like run a marathon write a book. And I'm like, that's stupid. First of all, I've, I've run in my life. Like I'm not trying to run a marathon. Like, I don't know. I feel like pan- even with the pandemic, I'm living the best life that I possibly could live. Like I wake <laughs> up and I'm like, how, how am I living this life? Like my husband is just the best person in the entire world. Like the fact that I found somebody who wants to spend every single day with me is like, I can't believe it. I just bought a house. Like how fortunate am I? We have two cats that are both disabled, but they're like, I have two cats that like, just, I cannot imagine having anything else than what I, what I'm doing now. And sure. I wish I could like go to the Maldives or I wish Vito and I, like we always, we wanted to go to Indonesia to meet some of his family for our honeymoon and that didn't get to happen this year. So I guess that is on my bucket list, like meet his family overseas. But I I don't know. I really feel like I'm living a life that is just so fulfilling. And I'm sure there are things that will bring me more joy and happiness, but I just can't think of what that would be. I mean, 
maybe like playing more exploding kittens with you it would be <laughs> hashtag like, not a sponsor but i mean if you guys <laughs> want to sponsor us we love your games yeah or um meeting justin bieber or like visiting the kardashians houses like sure those are cool <laughs> things that like i would like it would be cool um or like whatever i don't know what it is but my i feel like i'm living my bucket list i'm i'm fully confident in myself I feel like I've understood what happiness is, at least at this point in my life. And I have more blessings than I can even count. And so I'm living my bucket list. I don't know. Is that lame? No, that's, you know, that's actually beautifully poetic because a lot of times when I asked you that or when I was thinking about asking, I was like, I wonder how Carly's going to take it. And the one way I did not expect is like a corny, cheesy and yet beautiful way of putting it is you're living your bucket list. How fantastic is that? Because a lot of the times people don't take what they have or like they take everything for granted. And that's one thing I don't want people to be in the mindset of. You're not promised to tomorrow. Why not be happy in the situation you are? But like you mentioned, right now with the pandemic and everything going on, everything says you have every excuse to say, you know, everything stinks. I don't like where this is going, but you don't let anything like that hold you back. And that's something I definitely admire about you. You don't let obstacles be in the way. Like if you were a track star and there were hurdles, you would literally run through them and you would not care and you would still finish first because you that's how fast you are. And so that's what I really, really like. But I was definitely expecting the Justin Bieber thing. I was definitely also expecting maybe eating an entire Mm -hmm. wheel of cheese in one sitting, but maybe that's not on your bucket list because you've already done that and things like that. But it's a lot of moments like this. Yeah. I mean, it's like not a bucket list, but I guess I wish I could just eat Pizza Hut stuffed crust pizza every single day and have absolutely no consequences <laughs> for it. But that's not a bucket list thing. And technically, I could probably afford to do it. It just wouldn't be very economical of me and I would die very early. Um, maybe actually a bucket list item would be I want to meet the person who invented stuffed crust pizza and just say <laughs> thank you. Well, I know this episode has been me painting Carly in a really good light and me repetitively saying, oh, we have such a weird friendship. We have such a cool dynamic. But this is my moment now to kind of throw Carly under the bus. And I'm blindsiding her with this. As you can tell, I'm going off script now. (laughs) Carly, I just want the listeners to know how much of a hypocrite you've become. When we were really close, we met at Millersville. For those of you who don't know, that's where uh, that's my alma mater. That's where Carly did her graduate school and things like that. But when we were really close, really vulnerable, you know, really telling each other our dirty secrets and things she disclosed to me in full confidence saying tommy if i ever text you saying yo i love running just know that i died and that's my kidnapper <laughs> trying to pretend to tell you that i'm still alive but that should be a huge red flag fast forward until today not only has she what did you run a half marathon i've run two half marathons oh my so she's and I've essentially run the second ran. one faster than Vito, just for the record. (laughs) I have a faster half marathon time than my husband. Thank you very much. And so technically she's ran a full marathon in race time, two halves to make a whole, see how good I am at mathing. But like (laughs) she is just living her best life, super healthy, but it kind of, once again, makes me feel bad. I'm like, oh, wow, look at Carly moving up in the world. She's healthy. She's doing great. Uh, Just bought a house mother of two beautiful kittens that I really want to steal and she's just crushing and here I am I'm like oh man should I really open up a second bag of Tostitos after I finish this one Uh, maybe I will maybe I I should be fine so that's not true you have been doing a lot of really um 
cool home cooking that I don't do that. This but is you've her been like way of tapping to cover up the fact that she has been a hypocrite. So okay, yeah. I just started caring about my heart a little bit more. But so have you. You've become How that person you? too. You How drink that weird you? drink. Like what is that thing that you drink? It's like tea leaves. It smells weird. You're like, oh, right, it helps off, cleanse it's my And it's amazing. Once again, any Yerba Mate manufacturers out there that want to sponsor this because, you know, this uh, this podcast is listened to by tens and tens <laughs> of people, Carly. It's amazing. But no, don't, don't go there. We had a truce. We said we were going to try to get our cholesterol as high as we can <laughs> and maintain as much mass until we die a beautiful death. That's what makes America great. No one can say, Tommy, should you really drink your you know, third two liter soda. And I look in them in the eye saying, this is America. So don't call me a hypocrite when you are doing the same things, just different. At least I'm not drinking weird smelling tea. I just like go on walks and do yoga and try to cut back on complex carbohydrates every once in a while. Sorry, I almost threw up when you start bringing exercise into (laughs) this, but I know I really started to go off track here. You guys got to see a little bit of the dynamic that we're working with, but Carly, it's weird because I'm kind of taking on a roller coaster. We're serious one second, then I, you know, follow up with a joke and a story, and now I'm going to make you throw back into, you know, another serious moment, but you've been really generous with your time. And I kind of wanted to kind of close things. And I always like to give our guests kind of the floor parting words, maybe some life advice doesn't even have to be about friendship. What would a Carly advice sound like to the listeners that would just kind of like some advice going through life? Just be yourself and don't be afraid of what other people might think because other people are not as great as you might think they are. Um, So as long as you're living true to yourself, then you're doing it right. And my final piece of advice would be always adopt don't don't buy animals from like animal breeders go to your local rescue because they're so cute and so lovable so please adopt and eat that other slice of pizza (laughs) those are probably like the things that i live my life thinking be yourself adopt don't shop and eat all the pizza you want what a perfect way to kind of summarize not just who you are, but the advice is so, once again, authentically Carly. Carly, if I have your permission, I would love to share some pictures of your cats on my social media so they can honestly see how adorable both uh, your cats are. And so, once again, everyone, it's been an yeah. absolute pleasure. Like Carly said, just kind of be flexible with your life, kind of be yourself, adopt, and eat that final piece of pizza. <laughs> and so now I kind of want to turn it over to you guys and really ask. What is friendship to you? I hope that gave you a little more insight into who I am. I'm looking forward to more of these bonus segments where I can tell you more about how I became the person I am today. I look forward to diving deep into more conversations with all of you soon. Until next time.